This is Dr. Karen Wilson-Starks, and welcome to my podcast series, The Voice of Leadership. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. That's Romans 8, 28. This is an important thing to keep in mind that all things work together for good to those who love God and who are the called according to his purpose. And that doesn't mean that everything that happens to you is good. However, God will take even those challenging and difficult things that happen and turn it for our good. And for this reason, we have hope. There are reasons for hope. And that's what we're talking about today. Reasons for hope that can be shared with people in the workplace. A couple other things I'll just reference and mention is that, you know, God says that he will never leave us and he will never forsake us. And that's an important promise to keep in mind. A lot of our hope really is resident in the promises of God. So in Hebrews, the 13th chapter, if we will take a look at verses five and six, it says, let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? And imagine that if the God of the universe is your helper, of whom do you need to be afraid? Even if people believe they can do something to you, everything is still filtered through the hands of God's love and his permissions. And ultimately, God still works it out for our good. So that's just good news. And that's also hopeful news for us to keep in mind. Even Jesus, when he was given his disciples their commission about going out and preaching to all of the nations of the world and letting them know what God was saying, he told them, he says, I will be with you even until the end of the age. So again, you're not alone. And the psalmist in Psalm 23, 4 says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. So no matter what the circumstances are that we go through, God is right there with us. He won't leave us alone. We have him with us, even as we're walking through the valley and the shadow of death. And if we remember, even in Psalm 139, David says, where can I go from your spirit? No matter where I go, there you are, God. So there's no place that we can go where God is not. That alone should give us reason for hope as well. Keep in mind that when the Lord is present, there's also peace in the storm. It doesn't mean there won't be storms. There will be storms. And you can have peace in the midst of those storms. 
I recall the time when Jesus' disciples were on the boat and the sea was raging and they were fearful and afraid and he was asleep, not even concerned about the weather. They woke him up and they said, don't you care that we're perishing? And he gets up and he just says to the winds and the waves, peace be still and everything calm down. And they were kind of shocked and they were amazed. Well, who is this that can calm seas and waves and so on? He wasn't worried about it because if you're God, you have charge even over nature and things that normally would be frightening to the rest of us. In another situation, the disciples were in a small boat and they were out on the sea and Jesus was walking on the water. And of course, when they saw him, they didn't know who he was. They thought it was a ghost on the water and they were quite afraid. And he told them, and they, and they were rowing the boat in such a way that the wind was against them. And so he told them, don't worry, don't be afraid. It's just me. He steps into the boat. And as soon as he stepped in the boat, everything calmed down. And that's how our lives are. There could be turbulence all around, so much going on. And as soon as we allow God to step in, to our circumstances, that's when we receive that peace that passes all understanding because we have supernatural help on board with us, not just our earthly resources. You know, I'm thinking back to some times in the past when there were circumstances in my life that were not good circumstances. They were challenging and difficult circumstances of loss. And yet what I recall and what I remember seeing In each of these circumstances, I could see the presence of God and how he had me where he wanted me to be at the right time and doing what I needed to do at the time. So I'm going to share with you just briefly about three deaths in my family that I experienced and how I saw hope in the circumstances. In one case, it was just about a week before Christmas this particular year. And I had just flown in to Baltimore where my family lives. And my husband and I had gone shopping and we had brought all of these wonderful gifts for our great nephew, who was the first great nephew in the family. Everybody was excited about him. He was the first grandchild for my sister, the first great grandchild for my parents. And He was loved, you know, by everyone. And so we had bought all kinds of gifts for him for Christmas, and I had those in my suitcase. And so I arrived late at night, and before I could wake up the next morning, I learned that he had been killed, this little baby. He had been killed. He was less than two years old. It was such a shock. It was a horrible crisis, you know, for my family to go through that particular loss. And I understood that I was there with them, flown in just the night before, just in time to be there because my sister was completely beside herself, just inconsolable grief over the loss of her grandchild. And so during the time that I was there, and since it was Christmas, this made it even worse. This Christmas had a pall over it that year uh, with the baby dying at that time. And his funeral was maybe two days before Christmas. So what I'm saying is I knew that I had been sent there to provide that comfort and encouragement for my family. And so that we would all be together and not be alone as we were walking through that season of tremendous loss 
and that season of tremendous grief. So that's one example. A second example is when my maternal grandmother died. And I didn't know that my maternal grandmother was sick unto death. And I didn't obviously know she was going to die, but I flew in again, you know, to Baltimore on this particular occasion. It was in January. There was a big, huge snowstorm that emerged. When I got to Baltimore, I realized that she was in the hospital and the snowstorm was of such a magnitude that we really couldn't move around. You couldn't really drive under the weather conditions. And I arrived just in time because everybody was confused about what the doctors were saying in her case. And so I got on the phone, talked to the doctors at the hospital and really learned of the dire circumstances my grandmother was in the last days and hours of her life. And I had not known that before I arrived. And so then I had to explain, you know, to the rest of the family members, what her medical conditions were, what the options and choices were, and what was going to happen. And at this point, they were only keeping her alive in case somebody wanted to come by and say their goodbyes. And that's the circumstances we were in. Most people could not get to the hospital. However, some were able to make it there during the blizzard and were able to say goodbye. But again, I was there at the time for my mother and to comfort her through these circumstances and to help her to plan the funeral for my grandmother. Because at that time, my mother was then disabled and in a wheelchair and had a number of physical challenges. And so for me, being her oldest child and daughter to come in to help was certainly useful and necessary at the time. And then the third one I'll mention is when my mother died herself. On this particular incident, I had been at a client that was in Northern Virginia. And so I said, oh, well, since I'll be coming to Northern Virginia to work with them, I'll stop in Baltimore and visit the family. And so I had planned to visit the family on the front end of the trip, which is the opposite of usually how I work. I normally would visit the family on the back end of a business trip. But in this case, I was going to visit first. Had the flight already planned. And before I could get to Baltimore, the client reduced the meeting from in-person to a telephone conference, which obviously I could have stayed here in Colorado for that. But since I already had the flights planned, I said, I'll just go and visit the family anyway. So I get to Baltimore. Wasn't too long after I had arrived, then the client completely canceled the meeting, even the phone version of the meeting. And I found out that my mother really did need some things at that time. And so my brother, oldest brother and I, we were providing those things she needed and working on her accommodations and so on and so forth. And it was during that week that my mother got sick and went to the hospital. Now, she had gotten seriously ill and gone to the hospital before and had been unconscious before, like she was at this time. And so there was no reason for me to think that this would be the last time in her case, because there had been other times that were like the last time and that were very frightening. Although in this particular scenario, this was the last time. And she was in the hospital and ICU for a couple of weeks. And I remember talking to my father during part of it, and my parents were divorced at the time. It came to a point where I had to decide, should I go back to Colorado? I don't know if my mother's going to come up out of this. And sometimes she had been in these unconscious states for maybe a week or two, and it was unclear when she would come out and so on and so forth. I had clients lined up back in Colorado I was supposed to work with. 
And I couldn't decide if I should leave or go. When I looked at flights, the flights were all reasonably priced. I could easily fly back in a few weeks if I needed to come back and so on. And I talked to my father about it. He said, well, do whatever you think is best. You can stay here as long as you want. And my father and I have always been very close. So I knew that was not an issue. And as I prayed about the situation, it seemed to me that even though things from a natural and physical perspective looked like it would make sense for me to leave and return, I strongly sensed God saying, stay. And I stayed in Baltimore and my mother died in less than two days. And by the way, when I made the decision to stay there, it was then that I received the peace of God in my situation. Prior to that, I had been troubled because even when I was looking at the airline fares, oh, yes, I could go home. I could you know, postpone this client. I could do a lot of things. And I didn't have peace with any of those decisions. Once I made the decision to stay, the peace flooded over me. So I canceled the job that I was supposed to do put my return trip on hold, told United I would didn't know when I was flying back. So then when my mother died at that time, then I ended up having to stay there uh, through the time of the funeral and so on and so forth. What I realized was I was there at the moment my mother left this earth. That was an important aspect because I knew my mother was a type. She didn't want to die alone. My youngest brother and I, he and I were the two family members who were present. So I was there with her. The last words I heard her say before she went into the hospital, she talked to me about what a great daughter I had been to her over the years. And the blessing of that in my life subsequently was amazing. So these were tough situations that I'm sharing with you, these three losses of close family members. And yet I could see that there was not random activity God had orchestrated all of the events to have me in the right places at the right time. And so even now, if it turns out that I'm not there and someone leaves, then I understand that if God had wanted me there, then I would be there. So I have total peace and I have hope in every circumstance and every situation that he is working it out for my good, even if it doesn't look that way. So it's important for us to reverence God as greater than our circumstances. When I think about David and he was fighting Goliath, most of the people in Israel were afraid of Goliath. Mighty men of valor and warfare didn't want to deal with this giant Goliath. However, David said, I have fought the lion, I've fought the bear, and I've defended my father's you know, sheepfold from these intruders. And this giant Goliath will be just like one of them to me. And he fully trusted that God would give him everything he needed to slay the giant. And of course, we know the story that with the slingshot, he fired that slingshot and killed the giant with one stone. And that's amazing. But he didn't do it in his own strength, God gave him everything that he needed. So we have to remember that God is the one who is the source of our strength. And with him being our help at all times, we can have all hope. And Isaiah 26, 3 says that he will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him. 
So as long as we keep our mind focused on God, no matter what our circumstances are, and we magnify God over our circumstances, we can see hope no matter what the circumstances are. So as we close today's segment, I want to share two readings with you that come from the book of Romans. And the first one is from Romans, the fifth chapter. And this will be verses two through five. And it says, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance and perseverance character and character hope. Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. So keep in mind, our tribulations are producing perseverance. Perseverance is developing our character And from that comes hope. And that hope doesn't disappoint us because remember the love of God is infusing that hope. It is the hope of the glory of God that we have anyway in the circumstances that we face. So I'll turn now to Romans 15 and we'll look at verse 13 here. And it says, now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So just notice our joy in peace is in believing and in believing in God, the God who actually is the power that fuels our hope. It's by his Holy Spirit that we have hope. So as you are in the workplace, as a marketplace ministry leader, remember you are bringing hope even to those who may not know God. You are bringing hope because of your connection with God and your connection with his Holy Spirit. And God is filling you every day with his hope and with his peace. And as your cup overflows, you are able to pour out to those around you, even as Paul was able to comfort those in the ship that was breaking apart on the sea, but he knew from God not a man would be lost on that mission and that they would ultimately get to their destination, even as they had to stop in Malta along the way. So when you are on the ship, when you are on the boat, the people around you are preserved because of God preserving you. You've been listening to The Voice of Leadership with me, Dr. Karen Wilson-Starks. And I want to give a special thanks to jazz saxophonist Ron McMillan, for granting us permission to use his gifted music on our show. Thanks for listening. And remember to go to my website, transleadership.com, for more strategies, insights, and leadership resources.